What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm here with my favorite, no new adjective, Dang Emmy. it. Hi, friends. How's it going, Emmy? It's so good. Okay, so guess what? I've been thinking about, I like, I'm trying to travel and, you know, think about traveling more because I yeah. like that. And I think I found a new destination I want to go. Okay. Well, there's multiple destinations, but something I want to see. Have you seen the rainbow eucalyptus trees? The rainbow eucalyptus trees? You even heard trees? of this? No, I've not even heard of this. Oh my goodness. One, Google it. Everyone has to Google it because you can't see this, but I'm going to show Chris a picture. Here, look at this. It's a multicolored bark what? tree. This is real? Yes. It looks like something out of a Dr. Seuss-like story. Yeah, that's crazy. But it look this bark looks like basically it's been painted but no, it's how it grows. Yeah, there's like blue and purple and green it's and yellow so and red and orange. It's so pretty, but yeah, it's like crazy. in tropical places. So like, I think most places you'd probably have to travel like with a passport maybe to go see it. But I think there are certain spots in like Florida and California. Nice. See it. So I'm putting it on my list because it's just so pretty. What else what is on your must-see list of new travel destinations? Um, also, I think in California, the redwood trees. Yes. I want to see that so bad. Yeah, like, I that's a dream. Yes, I know some friends who went like last summer and they were posting pictures about it. I'm like, that's I so incredible. I just want to go and just spend like even if it's just a day yeah. just to look at them, take some pictures. <laughs> I just want to stand a day inside at trees. one of the giant trees. <laughs> I know. You can, that's like, all I want. You can like get inside some of them and it's crazy. I know. Yeah. So I'm putting it on my list. So your list is just different trees. Basically you trees. See. Really cool trees. <laughs> now that you say it and think about it, but it's fine. So is there anything else not tree related on like maybe tree houses? I don't know. Ooh, to stay in a tree house? Yeah, Do they cool. have that you think in the Redwoods oh, yeah. somewhere? Oh, I don't know about in the Redwoods. Ah, oh, dang it. But I've seen like on HGTV this like uh, Airbnb type place where they made these tree houses that people could rent out. And stay I would do that. Airbnbs, yeah. That's worth it. It could be fun. I'm just going to make a tree travel list there and just go. find all the cool trees to go see. <laughs> the tree travel And then I'm going to share it with you so you can also... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll share this with everyone. You can all take uh, part in this. The tree traveler. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that'll be a cool. Yeah. One. I should start that. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and see if it's available <laughs> okay. on Instagram. The tree traveler. That's awesome. Well, so different locations have different types of trees, and our guest today is actually from somewhere besides Texas. Yeah, we're branching out. See what I did there? Yeah, it was uh-huh. really good. Uh-huh. We're branching out. Yeah. So today's guest is Jenna Hart. Jenna is a dear friend of both Emmy and I, and she did spend some time in Texas and came through the 242 College Ministry. Jenna, how's it going today? Hey, Chris. Hey, Emmy. What's up, my friend? (laughs) Thanks for having me. Okay. Are there any... uh, Well, first of all, tell us where you are. Let's do that. So I currently reside in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I graduated from the University of Alabama this past December, and I got my degree in early childhood and special education, so I'm currently teaching special ed in an elementary school. That is pretty amazing. (laughs) Thanks. Now, I don't want to get in trouble, okay? I know that (laughs) Auburn is like the hated rival, and they have like Tumor's Corner, they have like trees that they like throw toilet paper over whenever they win. It's weird. I don't know. They're, they're Auburn, whatever. But exactly, exactly. I thought you would appreciate that. But are are there any trees like here today? And then we have the century tree since we're talking we about trees. Yeah. So are there any trees that are famous in Alabama? None on our university, but all the trees are beautiful. That's why it is called Alabama the Beautiful. Alabama the Beautiful. Yep. 
I didn't I know it was called that. But that before. I, I trust you. I trust you. So it's called Alabama. Is it like the America the Beautiful? Yeah. But Alabama. <laughs> yeah, they just stole they it. They think they're their own. They stole it from thing. America. They're like, nope, not America the Beautiful. It's Alabama just the Alabama. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. yeah, unfortunately, no famous trees on our campus, and we like to save our toilet paper for productive <laughs> things. So that's uh, yeah, that's good. Okay, so now that we have gotten all of the potty talk out of the way for the podcast, <laughs> way um, to go, Jenna. Yeah, way, to, way go. to go. Yeah. Hey, so Jenna, thank you for agreeing to come on and talk with us here on the Story Worth Sharing podcast, and and. One of the things that we have talked about over the last several episodes, and the reason we started this in the first place, is that we believe, and when I say we, I mean specifically Emmy and I, although I would hope that more than the two yeah. of us would believe this, but we believe that everybody has a story worth sharing, that it's not just when we make it big or when someone discovers us or if if some huge thing happens that's like newsworthy, like we have a story worth sharing simply because of the life that we've lived, the people that we've encountered, the things that have happened in the moments we've experienced. And so it has been really cool over the last several episodes to have some of our friends come on and share some of their stories. So first of all, thank you, Jenna, for choosing to join us on this podcast. But I just want to spend some time talking about your story. I know a little bit of your story. I'm excited for you to share it with our listeners. But when you think about your story, what are some moments that stick out that you would highlight and say, yeah, these, these are part of what made me who I am today. Yeah. So there are so many things when I reflect back on my college experience. And just like you said, everybody has a story and just getting into the university of Alabama was something that only God did for me. And that was a door that was opened by God. And I just feel kind of like once I got here, it was scary. It was a dream come true, but it was so intimidating. And I thought for so long in the beginning of college that I had to have this like big story or I always thought that I had to have make something of myself that was big that people would be proud of. And so I started out chasing like perfection. And so right away, that was kind of like the big, I guess, obstacle I had to work through was like when I got there, I wanted to make my family proud, um, my friends back in Texas proud. And so I started kind of just feeling this pressure trying to, I guess, fit a mold and do what college students are supposed to do when they go off to college. And so that was a lot of pressure at first. And I started to kind of lose sight of this dream and the store that God had opened for me. Okay, so you talked some about pressure and how when you got to Alabama, you, you felt, first of all, you said, that, I think you used the word intimidating. You said you were overwhelmed, yes. it was intimidating. And you put this pressure on yourself to try and perform, to try and live up to some kind of standard of what a college student is supposed to look like or what perfection would look like. How did that end up playing out for you? So that, when I started focusing on that, on like being perfect, and I started to not enjoy the process. Mm. And I started to kind of forget why I was there. I had a lot of people kind of see me spiraling because I was starting to feel like I wasn't going to measure up or be good enough. People in my life started to notice that like, hey, you know, like college is important, but it isn't 
the end all be all. This is not like your life is still going. College doesn't define who you are. And so in that first year, I think I grew so much as a person from going from trying to be perfect to just realizing like the path that God had me on and that that was good enough because that is where God wanted me at that time. That's awesome. I love that you said you went from trying to be perfect to recognizing that the path God had you on is, is, is good enough. It's what he has for you. That's really, really good. So you talked some about the fact that just getting into Alabama was a God moment, that it was be only because of God you were able to get into Alabama. What are some other moments that you think have been defining moments that have helped shape you into who you are today? I think it was my second or third year at Alabama. I started having to do these specific tests I had to take for getting my degree. They were tests outside of what you do in your major. And I failed a test in college seven times. What? And yes, seven times. And they let you keep taking it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect number seven. It's fine. It's great. (laughs) I know, right? So I started taking this test my sophomore year at Alabama. I found out that I failed it, and I took it really, really hard. And so I labeled myself a failure because of one test. And I waited like six months, and I took it again, and I failed it again, and I didn't understand. Every time I took this test, I failed it by one or two points every single time. Wow. And so I started to feel like, am I even in the right major? Is this what God has called me to do? I'm not good at standardized testing. And that is what this test was. And what was so hard is when I was in my program, I had no trouble. I didn't fail a class in my major, but this one test was holding me back from all of that. And I didn't understand how God could be a part of that. Mm. Like what kind of lesson was God trying to teach me in that? So this is the crazy part. Fast forward, my senior year of college, I have Still not passed this test, <laughs> this one test. Wow. And I am set to graduate. I have done everything else and my family. And then I started, started praying with me. I was in prayer and I just realized, okay, it's time to take a break. And I actually took a break. From college, I didn't pass the test. And so I decided I can't graduate without it. And to try to take it over and over again before December wasn't going to work. And maybe it's not God's timing. And then timing, you know, came out of nowhere. I I guess I should have known that. But every year I was like, oh, you know, I'm just a failure. I never thought, you know, this could be God's timing or part of a perfect plan that God has. Hmm. And so I took that break. I took the test the last time, the last opportunity I could take it before going into my internship, which was this past August. And so if I had failed the test, I would have had to wait again. And I just thought, maybe God doesn't want me to finish college and this isn't (laughs) 
like his timing. And then I just, the last time I took the test, I went into it just with a zoomed out perspective, looking at that test like, you know what, you're not bigger than me. It doesn't define who I am. And I'm living according to God's timing. So if this is going to be the seventh or the eighth time I have failed this test, that's okay. And I passed it. Yeah, (laughs) it was one of those moments where the minute it didn't hold my thoughts and my every prayer captive, (laughs) I passed it. So that was a huge lesson for me that stuck with me throughout my whole college experience because that test just lingered and it was always there. And once it was over, I went into internship year and met a group of kids that I knew needed me. Like, I knew God had put them there, the specific children I got to work with and the specific teachers. And it was all like God's timing. It was all his plans. So that was probably my biggest lesson that I learned. That's so, so incredible. I I mean, I know how much one Alabama was such a dream for you. Um, and to graduate mm-hmm. from there is even bigger. Who would you say because I'm sure there's a lot, but who are some key people that you feel like God really used in this season, before that season, to help you get where you are, to help you be able to make that dream come true? Oh, yes. I love this question because (laughs) I am blessed with the community and people that have fought for me my whole life. So I, I have to give credit, though. This was mine and my grandpa's dream mm-hmm. when I was five years old. That's so I have cool. a shirt I have a t shirt that says, Wait for me, Alabama Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I would tell everybody I'm gonna go to the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, you know, I started feeling intimidated again. Kind of like, Yeah, I'm gonna go but in the back of my mind I was like, Am I gonna go? can I go? Like, God, is that even possible? And a lot would say that that's silly, but it was one of those things where nobody lived in Tuscaloosa. And I felt like, I don't know if I could just go off to college. Like, I am a homebody. I love being near my family. And so it was definitely my grandpa that really um, encouraged me and believed in me and always reminded me, you know, God's in control. That was his big thing. And um, he was right. And after he passed away, um, my family and friends knew that that was important to me. And so I had a lot of people in my life step up. I had a lot of friends in 242 that, like you, Amy, that knew that was a huge dream for me and knew that after that had happened, that that should still be something that I should trust that God could make possible. And so definitely my community in Texas when I was a part of 242, my dad has just been someone who has always pointed me back to Christ in any season of life, but especially college. He was one that really reminded me that these tests were not important. They were, but they didn't define (laughs) who I was and always reminded me that C's get degrees. That was his big thing. (laughs) But he, yeah, my dad definitely has always pushed me to work hard, but stay humble and true to who I am. And I've always appreciated that about him. That's awesome. It's, 
it's cool to stop and think, like look back and think about how we got to where we are and, and how there seems to be this invisible thread that we didn't see along the way. And we can begin to pull that thread and just see how it connects all of these moments and all of these people together and in a story that we couldn't possibly have written ourselves, and and you've already said multiple times, like only God could have done that, and it's only because of God that I got into Alabama, and only because of God that I passed this test, and and just the way that everything worked together, and how you found yourself where you are today is just super incredible. Um, you mentioned your dad. Talk, I want you to talk a little bit more about your relationship with your dad because I know that he is really, really special and y'all have a really unique, beautiful relationship. So how, how does that impact you even in how you interact with other people? Like what is, what is your dad's relationship meant to you? Oh man. Yes. My dad. So my dad has slowly just become um, my best friend. And I mean, it starts with the way he's always been there and pushed us me and my siblings to work hard but also just he has always loved me as a reflection of the way Christ loves him mm. and reminded me of that and I think that's something that I, I will always remember is you know sending him those texts and saying hey dad you know thanks thank you for encouraging me and loving me and he would always tell me I love you but not more than God does wow and your heavenly father has your back. And so do I. Love dad. That was always <laughs> what he would say. So growing up, I I just saw the way he lived his life. And that's another thing is in the way he modeled being a father is something that like I learned so much about God's love through that in the way that, you know, church was a priority. His family was a priority and the way he treated me and respected me growing up. And another thing dad has always done is it's been years of this, but every single morning he sends me as well as my siblings a, it's called the word of day. And it's a scripture verse from his quiet time every morning. And that is without fail, like Monday through Friday. Well, he does it on the weekends too, is he's always just pointing us to Christ. He's always pointing me to Christ. I think that is probably what makes us so close is because we share a love for Christ. And that's been so unique and so cool to experience growing up. I love how you can see that in your dad Mm -hmm. and how you recognize his intention in pointing you to Christ and how that has impacted even your relationship with Christ and how you interact with other people and how you pursue Christ on your own. Like that's really, really special. You've already talked about some lessons that you've learned along the way and you know, that the test was just a test and, and being able to go in with a zoomed out perspective and, and it didn't define you and didn't have ownership over you, but what are some other things maybe that you're learning right now or that you've learned in this season of transition as you have graduated from the second best university in the world <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, as you have graduated and you have, you know, you've started a job and, and you're just figuring out what comes next. What are some things that you're learning in this season? I have definitely learned to trust God's timing. 
So, like I said that before, this transition has been so different, and I am not a person who does well with change. And so, going from the college season to the career season, it has felt big, but it has not felt impossible, and it hasn't felt overwhelming in a bad way. And I think that that came from the growth in college. I felt because when college, when I got to the end of college, when I graduated, I looked back and I've heard the saying so many times, like God has already gone before you, like he's already been there. And I wanted to remember that and I would lose sight of that. And when I got to the end of my college experience, I looked back and it was so powerful to look back and see what God carried me through, the timing and the people he brought and the experiences and the growth that he provided like through college, I think made me feel motivated going into this next season because once again, I'm going to be able to look back and see the job opportunities I've had and the doors that have been open and the people that God has brought into my life through his timing and his plan. And so I think it kind of taught me to just trust where I'm at and trust going at God's pace and not mine <laughs> and just taking it a day at a time. I, I feel so much freedom now knowing that and knowing that I graduated with the degree that God laid on my heart. Like I, I followed through with that and now I'm going to follow through with, you know, loving children and teaching children and wherever else, you know, my degree takes me, I know it's going to be because God started this process and he's going to finish it. And that's so rich. As you've learned that about God's timing and how God started this process, like practically, how do you remember that? Like, what are some things that you do to remind yourself of that? You, you said earlier, sometimes you would lose sight of remembering that God was in control and that he was the one that was kind of directing your steps or working the timing. How do you now practice that on a daily basis in your life? I'm glad you asked me that because I recently started journaling. When I got finished with college, someone asked me that too. They asked if, like, how are you going to continue understanding God's plan and and staying close with the Lord and being able to look back. And I didn't know what to say at first. I wasn't sure what I should do in order to not lose sight of what God was doing in my life. And so a dear friend of mine suggested journaling. And so I try to write down like key points in a day or in a week or prayers that I have, I'll write down. And so a lot of writing now and that wasn't really my thing in college. Prayer always has been big for me and something that I feel like I do constantly, but kind of writing that helps me go back. And so taking time to do that, as well as like, I start still start my days the same as I did in college. And that's just like slow and quiet. And I usually get stuck on some kind of worship song for a long period of time. And I, I continue to do that. But yes, 
to to help me kind of stay focused and motivated to go one day at a time and like trust God's process. I have to like I write about it to help remind me like this is what God has done. This is what He's doing, and now I can you know pray for what He's going to do. That's so good, man. I think Amy, you're a journaler, aren't you? I do enjoy journaling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's while Jenna was talking, I was like, "Oh man, I bet Emmy's loving this." And then you talking so about proud. the worship songs and getting stuck yeah. on a song. I'm like, "Oh man, this is I ref- now I know why Emmy I'm and reflecting Jenna are reflecting a lot." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so familiar. Mm. Huh. Man, I journaling is so beneficial, mm-hmm. but for me, it's so hard. But then. I think that that's why it's so beneficial. Like yeah. when I put in the time to do it, and and even as you were talking about that, Jenna, just like the reflection, it, it causes you to, it forces you to slow down and actually think about what was meaningful or think about what was impactful for you. And sometimes you haven't even processed that yet until you take the time to get ready to write right. something down. Uh, what yeah. are some other private disciplines? What are some other things that you do just for yourself? Maybe that's relationally or that's with your relationship with God or whatever. What are some things right now that you're doing to make sure that you're focusing on who you need to be? Quiet time in the morning, usually journaling. And then I I have started doing like different devotions in the Bible app. My favorite one in college was always Jesus Calling. Mm-hmm. And, but now that I've moved into different seasons, I will find ones like for how I'm feeling specifically, whether that's worried about the future, dealing with anxiety, dealing with change, or just, you know, praising God. I have found that the Bible app has been helpful for me because I can find kind of how I'm feeling in that season. And then it's, it's something that's on my phone. So I always have my phone and which makes it easy to access. And I can even do that like on a lunch break at work or at night. And so that's how I can really stay connected to scripture. Staying in the word has been the hardest for me because I don't always carry my Bible during the day, like at work or at the grocery store, obviously. But stuff like that. <laughs> Wait, you don't walk around the grocery store with your Bible? What's wrong with you, Jenna? Uh, we're not all as good as you, Chris. They must do it different so. in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, Another thing I like to do, and this is just something I have always enjoyed, even as a little girl, is being in church on Sundays, I love taking note of the scripture that is being preached on or any scripture like the pastor might throw in. So like the scripture that the pastor will be preaching on or like any scripture in our notes and our bulletin, I will highlight those or write them down and then go back. And that's usually something I like to do at night is just go kind of look at scripture or find scripture to pray over my life. And so that's something I like to do. It doesn't always happen at night, but if I have enough highlighted, like I'll I'll build up a few and then I really like to go back and kind of see what that scripture says and like how it applies to my life. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. I think that that's a cool practice on how you can personalize and internalize 
what it is maybe that you're learning on on Sunday and and take it with you where it, it lives longer than just a message on a Sunday morning. That's cool. You you mentioned so you're going you found a church, but what was it like? So you had a pretty tight community, I feel like here, the two or two college ministry, you were invested and really in it. Was it hard to move and then try and pursue that or find that? What was that process like for you? It was extremely difficult. So, and I know Chris knows this personally firsthand because <laughs> he was the one listening to me, you know, <laughs> complain about having to move to Alabama and find a new family. So when I got here, I tried to dive in because I, I knew it was the right thing to do. I wanted that community, but I, personally didn't believe I would find it. I found some churches right away and I started visiting some and I found a couple that I thought would be a good fit. And then I started attending one and I was trying to make it work because I wanted it to be quick. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I remember feeling like so alone when I first got here because you don't know anybody And like you said, I felt like my community in Texas was so tight and it was such a blessing for that season. It was hard for me to trust that God had something specific for me here and that it wasn't going to be the same, but it was going to be what I needed. And Chris reminded me of that, that you're not going to find 242. Mm-hmm. That is because like God has something for you and it might be better. It might actually you said it will be better. <laughs> <laughs> and so just trusting that, but it it was not easy. I mean, some days I felt like, okay, I got this, you know, I, I'll find that community, it's here. And it took longer than I expected it to, and it was tough. So that was probably one of the biggest struggles in college, too, was kind of finding that place where it felt like home and it felt like I had family. And so it took me about a year. After a year of of being here, really finding people in a church. And funny story, my dad is the person who found the church I'm currently (laughs) at. Hey, Dad. And so from there, I had just seen God kind of like bless my obedience with like sticking with it because I wanted to give up sometimes and just think, well, I have everyone in Texas and 242 is great, but that's probably the best it was going to be for me. And there's not a community here. I really believe that at one point, And that was really tough for me. So that I was wrong has been amazing. (laughs) How does this all come together? So you have learned a ton. You've experienced a ton. You have walked a a really unique path in, in getting to where you are. But now that you've graduated, now that you have found community where you are and you are just the other side of this season of transition and, and figuring out, who you want to be and what life is going to look like. How does that inform who you are today? Like Jenna of two years ago versus Jenna of today. Like, who are you? I think that Jenna two years ago was very unsure of herself and scared and chasing perfection. And I think two years 
later, I feel like I am not defined by this world or what this world says, but who God says I am. And I believe that that is one of the like greatest things that I learned from my college experience is that moving forward, I don't know what the future holds. I didn't in college and I don't now, but what I have now is just faith that there's going to be valleys again. There's going to be struggles just like college, but that God has gone before me and I feel better prepared for that. And I feel like as long as I am staying close to God's word and who he says I am, I feel like I am on a path that I can worry less about because it's the one God has put before me. Moving forward in this next season, I feel freedom. That is the like the easiest way for me to sum it up is just freedom and knowing that I am who God says I am. I was made for a purpose. I feel a lot of purpose in my life. And not that I didn't before, but it was hard for me to believe that I had a specific purpose from God. And so I think in this season, I just feel that from God, it's a different feeling when it comes from above. I just feel a lot of motivation and encouragement knowing that God brought me from that season to this one, and he's going to continue to do that moving forward. I feel like you do such a good job of personal reflection and, and like really getting the most out of the moments that you're in. And I know that that's not always easy, but I just feel like you've always done such a good job of, of reflecting and making sure that you're learning the lesson that needs to be learned. It, certainly sometimes that may take a while, but that when you get to the other side, you can say, this is, this is how I've changed. This is how God has grown me. This is how things are different. And I, I just think that that's super cool. And I think it's it's in those moments that we begin to discover the story that God has been writing all along and that it isn't always about some huge thing that happens to us. It's how we respond and who we become because of those things, that that's really the story that gets written about us. And so I think it's awesome. And as we get ready to wrap up, we have a little thing that we like to call favorite things. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And so Emmy is going to <laughs> ask you, we're going to put some time on the clock. It's an imaginary clock because oh, this is no. a podcast and people can't see. Okay. Well, they're not blind, but they can't, they can't actually see us right now. We're just voices <laughs> on their phone or whatever. Praise and so, um, Emmy has a list and music is going to be playing. Emmy is going to ask you a list of favorite things. And we just want you to tell us the first thing that pops into your head. Are you ready, Jenna Hart? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Cue the music. Take it away, Emmy. Favorite brother. (laughs) That's not even fair. (laughs) That's not even fair. She said favorite brother. Jenna, how many brothers do you have? Five. I would never brothers. make you answer that question. She's the only sister. That is not a fair question. Restart, I was really kind of scared rewind. that she was going to yell a name because she was thinking. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, okay. Let's start over. <laughs> Cue the music. The first question is not going to be favorite brother. And go, Emmy. Favorite TV show. The Office. Favorite artist or song. Lauren Daigle. Favorite holiday. Christmas. Favorite place to eat. Chick-fil-A. Favorite movie? 
Cinderella. Could have answered that. Favorite place to shop? Old Navy. <laughs> What's your favorite sport? Football. Favorite food? Pick the way. Favorite, favorite animal? A bunny rabbit. Favorite book? Besides the Bible, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite sweet treat or like candy or something? Oh, Hershey Kiss Hugs. If you've never tried them, go get them. I don't even know what that is. Okay, no, last one. Up. Where's your favorite place to vacation? The deep. They don't have trees there, Amy. Dang it. No, not even palm trees. I mean, no. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's palm trees. Maybe there's palm trees. That's not the only thing I look for, but I do enjoy a good tree, you know? Yeah. You're the tree traveler. <laughs> yep. Hashtag tree traveler. Yeah. So if you're going to go on vacation with Jenna and you go to Fort Walton Beach, I guess you could take a picture with a palm tree. That's going to be my... I'm going to take... Okay. That I'm going to take a picture with a tree everywhere I go. Yes. <laughs> this is happening. This is happening. And you heard it right here on the yes, Story Worth Sharing podcast. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for your time and for your willingness to share some of your story. And if you're listening to this, man, we just encourage you find somebody and and just just open up. Start sharing your story with the people around you, the people that care about you, because I promise you in those moments when you start sharing your story is when you are going to discover connections deepen and life is richer and fuller when we make the decision to let other people in and share our story. And so we would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast, however you're listening, whether that's iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, and then leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And Emmy, I guess we'll see him next time. See him next time. Yeah. So we'll tell you what tree... Emmy has taken a picture with next time we meet on the Story We're Sharing podcast. See you later. Bye.